Great. Everyone ready for the Word of God? Yeah. Fabulous. So last week we had Vision, Vision Sunday, uh, and I had a video from our senior pastor, Pastor Andy Elms, and, and what he was talking about was about God's appointed time. I'm going to start, as I said last week, we'll start talking off the back of this, some more about what God wants to say. There's two, two words, two Greek words used in the Bible um, for time. One is, one is chronos, which is where we get the word chronology from, or chronological, just talking about natural time. And the other one is, is kairos, and that's talking about God's appointed time, the specific time set aside uh, by God that he's appointed. And um, we looked at, and what was looked at on the video was about, about Esther and how she was born for such a time as this. And we believe it's, it's, it's family church, it's true for all churches, of course, but for us here at family church, that we're born for such a time as this. No, it's, not, it's not a coincidence that you exist. You knit together in your mother's womb. Psalm 139 says that, right? It's not a coincidence you exist, and it's not a coincidence you're in this church. You're here for a purpose and, and a plan that God has for you and for us all, all together. Amen? So we talk about Kairos, about um, yeah, about God's appointed time, and I'd really encourage you to catch up if you missed it last week. Um, catch up, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on YouTube, not YouTube, uh, Spotify, and on our website, um, and different different places. Although you probably can watch the whole Vision message on YouTube, uh, just not what not what I said off the back of it. Okay, but there's all the various places that you can find stuff. So we looked at how this is how we're in a God moment. Maybe this is an unusual moment or a different moment, but we're in a Kairos moment, a moment of divine opportunity. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be unpacking this as pastors in all our family, well, various family church locations. We're going to be unpacking this and and talking about this. Um, Firstly, about knowing the time, which is what I'm going to talk about today, about knowing our purpose, and also about knowing our response. So about understanding the time that we're in, knowing our purpose, we'll talk about next week, and then thirdly, about knowing our response. What is our, what is our response in this time that we find ourselves in that God's put us in? Amen? So firstly, we need to know the time. We need to know the moment that we are in. You know, the God who creates specific moments for specific things he's doing on the earth has created the moment that we find ourselves in. Let's say we're not here by coincidence. You know, we, as, as believers, we need to have a correct worldview, a, a, a correct view of what is going on in, in our world. We need to be aware of the moment we are in, not just naturally aware, but also spiritually aware. We need to live with our spiritual eyes open. Amen? Now, the unseen world is, is more real than the seen world. That's what the Bible, Bible says. You know, we walk by faith and, and not by sight. We need to be just spiritually aware of what is going on in our world. You know, natural awareness, we can get of what's going on in our world, you know, by, by you know, just what people say about things or what, what, the, what the news says, what, what social media says. Well, you can always believe everything said. But in a general sense, natural awareness is gained through news channels, social media, etc. But spiritual awareness, us having our spiritual eyes open, it comes from God's word, his spirit, and his church. Amen? So we need to be aware, I believe, in a natural, natural sense, but, but very much more so in a spiritual sense of the times that we find ourselves in. Amen. Luke twenty four fifty fifty uh, Luke twenty four Luke twelve fifty four to fifty six. Jesus said this. Jesus said to the crowd, "When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. 
You hypocrites, Jesus was often straight to the point. <laughs> you hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? So we need to interpret the moment and time they are in, to, to, to know the time, to understand the times. As, as, as a church, and many churches would believe this, of course, that we're, we're, we're in the end times. And these are God's appointed end times. There's nothing we need to fear. There's nothing we need to, need to worry about or have anxiety about. But we are in the end times. And I believe the end times started when Jesus ascended back to heaven 2,000 years ago. They were in the end times, the end, the end of times. And you look at all that's going on in our world, and I'll talk about that more in a second. But how are we to interpret the moment we're in? And we need to, we need to under, know the time and we need to understand the time. King David, he had some, King David was a great, great king, of course, made a few mistakes, some serious mistakes, but was a great, great king overall. And, and he had some a mighty men, you know, who went with him. He had like his whole group. It's kind of like the guys who were closest to him, who were just, just amazing people. And you can read about this and, uh, as you read about David. These mighty men, it lists them all, the great exploits they do. And there's, there's some particular mighty men who are called the sons of Issachar. So Issachar was their dad. Okay? They were sons of Issachar. And it says this, about, it says this when it's describing uh, David's mighty men and about these particular mighty men. In 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32. It says the sons... Should be on the screen, there you go. The sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So it specifically mentions here about these mighty men. They were, they were mighty and they were great and they, they supported David and they, they were great in his, his army and all the exploits that David achieved for God. But here they had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. They knew that every, every season serves the purpose of God. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, you know, Solomon's great book of, of wisdom, says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Those of you are old enough, you know that Bob Dylan wrote a song about that. There's a time, um, a season for everything. Then they turn, turn, turn. Everyone know that song? It predates me as well. But anyway, okay, it's from the 60s probably, 60s or 70s. Anyway. But it became a famous song, didn't it? But it's, but it's scripture. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. So God has seasons and God has purposes and God, God has plans. So we need to understand the season and time that we find ourselves. Amen? Amen. To have our spiritual eyes open. Amen? So what time is it for us? Us as the church, the, the people of God? What time is it for us? Now, I believe that it's time to wake up and to shine for God. Amen? It's time to wake up and to shine for God. To be alert, to be aware of what God's doing, but to wake up and shine. To awaken from any slumber that we may have drifted into. Amen? It's so often as believers, this is so easy to do, just to, just to kind of amble through life. And I believe that God just wants us to wake up this morning. In a spiritual sense and a natural sense, if you're half asleep, <laughs> to, to wake up from any slumber you might be in and, and open your spiritual eyes to what God has to say. Amen. And the second point to make is that dark times are our moment to shine. You know, uh, it can be frustrating. Uh, pastors shouldn't get really get frustrated, I suppose. But it can be a little bit frustrating sometimes where, where people, when they talk about end times, they get so focused on the darkness. And I understand why they're, why they're looking at stuff. Don't get me wrong, we should as I'm clearly saying, we should understand the times we're in. 
Absolutely. And how we interpret them and how we live in them and how we respond to them. Absolutely. But sometimes get so focused on darkness, so focused on the devil, so focused on demons. It's like, hang on a minute. This, we're, we're people of the light. Amen? Amen? Yeah. We get so focused on stuff when they should keep their eyes, their, their eyes on God. Amen? And sometimes, and, and they can kind of get almost like caught up in the darkness. But, you know, the reality is, this is, this is kind of from my angle on it pastorally, is that, is that dark time, the, you know, the darker the darkness is, the more the light can shine. Amen? Yeah, you know, that's true in a natural sense, isn't it? If you, you know, the darker a room is, the more difference a light will make. If you're in a pitch black room, even a candle will make a monumental difference, wouldn't it? It will totally, will totally change you know, what could be seen in, in that room. So the darker times in, we should never get obsessed with that or focus, focus on that. And of course, we need to be spiritually aware of the devil and his schemes. Okay, I'm not, again, not denying that. Absolutely. We need to take authority over stuff. All authority on heaven and earth to be given to Jesus and that we can use that authority. Amen. Absolutely. But don't focus on darkness. We focus on who God is. This is when, as things get darker and inevitably have and inevitably will continue to do so, that's a great opportunity for the light to shine. Does that make sense? Amen? So sometimes we have to change our thinking uh, in terms of that. So let's awaken from our slumber. Amen? amen. Dark times are our moment to, to shine. Sometimes we just have to make ourselves wake up. Now, I don't know about you, um, but I'm really not a morning person at all in a natural sense. Um, myself and Wendy, we're wired totally differently, which is interesting, which men and women often are, of course. But in the terms of um, being a morning person uh, and a night person, we're wired completely the opposite. Lisa's very similar to me. Jack's very similar to, to Wendy uh, in this respect. You know, Wendy loves going to bed early, getting up early. Jack's, Jack's the same. He loves going to bed. Uh, Lisa, totally different, wired, wired like me. You know, midnight is the best time of the day. You get, get loads done. <laughs> it's great. And sometimes getting up in the morning uh, isn't easy. And sometimes, you know, my, I'm still a bit old school. I still use an alarm clock rather than using my phone alarm. A bit old school in that respect. Anyway, and then the alarm goes off. And I don't know about you, sometimes I press a snooze button. Sometimes, sometimes I even do that in my sleep. Has anyone ever done that in their sleep? I don't even remember. Does anyone, anyone else do that? You don't even remember the alarm going off. Gen- genuinely. Not like in denial about it. I don't even remember it going off, so I must just like reach over and, and turn it off. Anyway, it's crazy. But in a spiritual sense, we should never ever be like that. Amen. We need to awaken from our slumber. Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3, the great prophet Isaiah says this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Amen. So rise and shine, for your light has come. This is an opportunity for us as, as believers, as a church, just to rise up and be all that God intends us to be. Amen. Amen? Paul says this, Philippians 2, verse 14 to 16. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, that's good advice, so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. That's a description of our world right now, right? Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. So we need to wake up and understand that dark times are our moment to shine for Jesus. Amen? Wake up from our, from our apathy, wake up from our, wake up from our slumber, wake up from just being so kind of just laid back spiritually and just stand up, amen, rise up into who God wants us to be, amen. Romans 13 verse 11 to 14, Paul writes this, and do this understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. 
because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, instead of those things, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So Paul again is very, very clear. One is our opportunity to shine like stars for Jesus. And it's the hour has come for us to wake up from our slumber. Amen. Amen. I can't do it and hold a mic. Yeah, 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Peter encourages us to be, be alert. So again, he's saying the same thing. Oh dear, my drinking problem. <laughs> Literally. Anyway, 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Paul encourages us to be alert. It says this, be alert... And of sober, sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So again, this is where we need our spiritual eyes open. We don't need to fear the devil. Man, we have total authority over the devil. He's totally defeated. He has no right to do anything in your life unless you let him. Nothing. We have total authority over him. Unless you give him a door, he has no, he has, he has no chance. Right? But we just have to be aware of what he does. Be alert and of sober mind. Amen. Also talks, Paul here talks about, uh, going back to Romans 13, about how, how our salvation is closer than it was when we were first saved. Our ultimate salvation, our time when we go back to heaven, or go, go to heaven, is closer than it was yesterday, right? In fact, this minute is closer than it was a minute ago, right? And that's, that's a reality. And also the return of Jesus and all that that means is closer than, it, than it's ever been. Matthew 24, verse 13 to 14 says this, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? So Jesus had said various things. And, and the disciples said, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered this, watch out that no one deceives you. <clears throat> For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So it describes, I'll read a few more verses in a minute, but it goes on to describe it as like the birth pains before, um, you know, before the return of Jesus, just like in, in labor. I haven't been through labor, obviously. <laughs> I had a wife who's gone through labor. Um, you know, there's kind of the, the pre-birth, those birth pains that happen, that point to the fact that a baby is, is going to be coming, right? This is what Jesus said, is look for these signs, because these are, these are signs that, that I'm returning. These are signs you need to look out for. These are, these, are the, these are the birthing pains, and you can see this, it's just so true about, you know, what Jesus said here. Now, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and this is the reality in which we live. I mentioned last week, I said that in, you know, in the 20th century, there was more people killed in wars than the previous 19 combined, Insane! Over over a million Brits died in World War One. That's just the British. British, you know what I mean? It's just the numbers are colossal. The wars, of course. Again, we have war in Europe, and of course, to our Ukrainian friends, you know, we, we love you, and we very much stand with you as a church and as a country. Absolutely. But these, this is very real. 
this stuff. You hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you are not alarmed. So we shouldn't be alarmed about these things. And of course, God isn't causing these things, just to clarify that. God isn't causing these things, but God said, but these are signs of the times. You just need to have your spiritual eyes open. You hear wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not alarmed. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes. And we've seen all, you know, earthquakes and natural disasters and, and tsunamis. And, you know, I don't know, do any of you remember the great famine in 1985? And that led to, you know, do they know it's Christmas and Christmas 84 and Live Aid in the summer of 85? I'm just about old enough to remember those things. I was eight and, eight and nine at the time. And that was all about a huge famine that happened in Eastern Africa, in, in Somalia and Ethiopia in particular, and that kind of Sudan, that kind of whole area. And it was... You know, the, the news reports are very much ingrained in my nine-year-old mind. And if you remember the news reports from that time, it was a humongous famine. And there's been an ongoing famine since then. So that was like the worst famine ever recorded. So they, we shouldn't fear this stuff. We just have our spiritual eyes opened. There'll be famines and, and earthquakes. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Verse 9, continue, Matthew 24. Then you'll be handed over to persecuted and put to death. And you're hated by all nations because of me. You know, this is a reality for so many people across the world. You know, we're so privileged. We, we can sit here and we can have church and, and we're pretty free in this country. Everyone has a different definition of freedom, but we're pretty, pretty free in this country to, to, worship, uh, to worship God. But for so many people across the world, so many Christians who are, who are persecuted, these, these realities, they're hated. They're put to death. They're, they're put in prison. Their churches are, are bulldozed. This is, this is a reality that people are living with. You'll be handed over to persecuted and put to death. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. This is the encouragement to us, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. So here I have a whole list of speaking of the coming of the end of the age of the return of Jesus. In other passages, it says that no one, no one knows the hour, the time or the hour. But we are given signs to let us know that we are close. You know, when it comes to the return of Jesus, this is kind of my, my, you know, my overarching thought on this. Is two things: one, we should keep our spiritual eyes open, and one, and secondly, we should always live ready. I'm personally very. I'm just just saying this because I think it needs to be said. Personally, I'm very skeptical of those who make very specific prophecies about the end times I'm, I am very skeptical of it because a lot of people have got it wrong that's the reality so I'm very skeptical about people who make very specific prophecies about times about things that are going to happen I'm talking about very specific stuff okay because often they're wrong or it's just what they thought they were going to say and it ends up being being incorrect okay so just just be wary of that okay that's what I would say but the important thing is is to always live ready because it could be today it could be it could be the next five minutes it could be so let's live ready. Have our spiritual eyes open and live ready. Amen? Always be ready. So let's look at a couple of things that describe this moment really well. Describe, describe the signs, signs, the things that are going on in our world, signs that show that Jesus is going to return. Remember, we're talking about having our eyes opened and understanding the times we are in. Well, firstly, the behavior of people in our world. You know, the two Timothy... Paul writes this in his letter to Timothy, and it's, it's incredible what he writes, because this is basically a description of where the world is in 2023. He says this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, they'll be lovers of money. They'll be boastful, 
They'll be proud, they'll be abusive, they'll be disobedient to their parents, they'll be ungrateful, they'll be unholy, they'll be without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. So, so Paul here is really, really clear, this is what it's going to look like. In the last days. And that is basically a description, isn't it? This is, that's where our world is. We're not, not judging anyone. Remember, Jesus didn't come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So we're not talking about judging or condemning anyone, but this is just a description of what's going on in our world, isn't it? People love themselves. They live for themselves. People just want to do whatever they want to do if it makes me feel good. People are very emotionally confused. This is my observation. Uh, very emotionally confused, totally confused about identity and who, who they are. It's a, mass, it's a massive issue. Is you're being proud, being abusive, being disobedient to their parents. I've been talking to Wendy a lot about, you know, as you know, Wendy's a secondary school teacher, and particularly since COVID, and I think COVID hasn't helped in the break that kids have from school and all they have to deal with. But behaviour is just something else in schools these days. And, you know, she's in a, in a, in a nice school in Limington, you know, what would be seen as like a nice part of the forest, you know, lovely Limington. Some of the behaviour is horrendous. It's something to deal with. And, and some of the senior leadership team are kind of like pulling their hair out because they just do not know how to deal with it. But this is the reality of the times that we live in. People will be boastful, they'll be proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love and unforgiving, slanderous, without, without self-control. One of the biggest issues in our society, isn't it, is people's complete lack of self-control. If it feels good, do it. Doesn't matter who it, hurt, who it hurts, who it harms. Doesn't matter if it harms myself, even. Brutal, not, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So that's a description of where our world, our world is. Again, we're not judging, but just, just keeping our spiritual eyes open. Amen? Of what's going on. This is our opportunities to rise up. Amen. And to show the world that there is a different way to live. And this is our opportunity to, to wake up, to rise up, and to shine like stars. Shine like stars for God. Amen. And in your, in your family life, here's an opportunity for you to be people of a different spirit. To build a different culture in, in your life. The world, will do what, the world will do what the world does. But we're going to be, we're going to be different people. Amen. We're going to be different people. We're going to have a different, different culture. Our family life is going to be different. Our marriages are going to be strong. In this world where marriage is totally, what, they don't even understand, it's not even understood what marriage even is, let alone what makes a good marriage. That's how, kind of how serious it's got, isn't it? And half of marriages end in, in divorce. I think 40% don't even last 10 years in Britain. That's the reality. So if you last 10 years, you've done really well. Amen. Amen. But I was talking to my kids about it, and I said in, in, I said in, I said in Christian circles, I said divorce, I mean, certainly in my experience, I mean, I doubt it's even 5%. I think 5% is probably an exaggeration. So, so, so it's easy the categoric difference between the way the world is and the way the Christian world is. Totally different. And so this is our opportunity to rise up and show people that it is a different way. One, we understand what marriage is. <laughs> Firstly, very clear on that. And secondly... Yeah, we believe in having strong marriages is something that God instituted. Amen. Praise God. And, and we understand identity. We understand that identity is in Christ in this world, which is so confused. And I, I genuinely feel 
Sorry, I've gone some sort of political rant here. But I, gen- <laughs> and I generally don't. But um, I really do feel for children because children just accept the environment in which they grow, grow up in. You soon discover that as a teacher, especially young kids. You know, if they, for example, if they grow up in an environment where, where their parents constantly shout at them, um, for example, they think that all kids grow up in that environment. It's, it's total news to them and a revelation to them. That isn't what happens with all children. They, they think that's what happens. You know, and as children accept the environment in which they grow up, and I think as a society, we, we're letting kids down. This is my, this is my pastoral opinion. And we're letting kids down because they, they need to understand what identity is. And they're just, we're, as a society, we're totally confusing them. Bless them. And it's not their fault. Because we're allowing certain things and we haven't protected them from social media and all this kind of stuff that should have happened and hasn't happened. But let's rise up as people of God. Amen? Let's rise up as godly parents and, and those of you who have opportunity to speak into kids' lives, uh, kids' workers, whatever your role may be, to, to rise up and shine for Jesus. That there is a different, a different way. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So, so here's two of the major signs of the times that we're in. The behavior of people in this world, where the world is. The other things that are going on, wars and famines and earthquakes, etc. Behavior of people. But secondly, and here's kind of the, the great news in it all. One of the huge major signs of, of the end times is there's going to be a fresh move of the Holy Spirit across the earth. Amen. Praise God. You know, it's time for a fresh move, I believe. And God promised in the last days he would pour out his spirit. Amen. So again, this comes back to our response and how we respond to these times. We don't get stuck in all the negativity of it all. God's going to pour out his spirit across the, across the world. You know, Peter references this, his great discourse in Acts, Acts 2. And he, and he quotes from the book of Joel, the prophet in the Old Testament. He says this, Acts two seventeen to 21. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. The sons and daughters will prophesy. And young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God. This is our response. This is God's response. This is the God moment, the Kairos moment that we find ourselves in. The world, is doing, the world is doing what the world does. The world, the world is confused. People are rising up against each other. Our, our, our world is incredibly politically divided. Britain has become very divided. In America, probably even more so. You know, where there's like no one meets in the middle anymore. It's like you're on one side or the other. Everyone's taking sides in everything, aren't they? And I think social media has probably made a lot of those issues far, far worse. I think you know, it's almost like you're on one side or the other. No one could kind of meet in the middle and just have a kind of a sensible middle opinion, it seems, these days. You've got to be in like one gang or the other gang, and it's, it, it's sad. But, the, but this is things that God predicted, right? Nation will rise up against nation. People will rise up against each other. But God's going to pour out his Holy Spirit upon this earth. Amen. In these end times, thousands, millions of people are going to be saved and have their lives radically changed by the gospel. And this is already happening in much of what we call the persecuted world. You know, speak, speak to Graham about, about open doors and what open doors do in the persecuted countries. And, and so often, the more they're persecuted, the more the church grows. You know, it's estimated, I think there's between, I mean, Graham would have to correct me, but I think over 100 million Christians just in China. I mean, the more they persecute and bulldoze their churches and do everything else and stick them in prison, put pastors in prison, torture them, put them to death, kick them out of the country, whatever they want to do, you know, the more the church grows. 
This is true even in, even in the Islamic world, you know, where it's illegal to be a Christian, illegal to even own a Bible. You know, the, the church is, is growing. Amen? People of God are growing. God, God is pouring out, pouring out his spirit, and praise God for that. So just a couple of points. Let's not be people who miss out on this fresh move of the spirit because we're, up, we're asleep. Let's wake up, rise up. I don't want to be a person, I don't want any of you to be people who, who miss out on what God wants to do. Because we're still stuck in our slumber. We're not aware of what God's doing. Amen? Let's not be people who have found that we're not ready for his return. You know, Jesus talks about this in Matthew 25, verse 1 to 4. He talks about these foolish, foolish virgins, virgins. Verses 1 to 4, and you could read the whole thing in your, whole, in your own time. But just read the first four verses. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. It talks about that and they basically weren't ready for the return of the bridegroom. And Jesus was using a natural story there to make a spiritual point. There's people who have found we're ready for the return of Jesus. Amen. We're living right. We're living, living ready. We've woken up from our slumber. We're aware of the times that we're in. Amen. There's not be people who, who miss his visitation like so many Jewish people did when Jesus was here the first time around. Luke 19, verse 30, 43 to 44 says this. The days will come, and it basically, it was, uh, Jesus predicted what was going to happen in Israel after his return to heaven. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and, and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. How, how sad. And if you know your history, you know that happened in AD 70 when Jerusalem gets, gets destroyed. Only about, um, about 30 years or so after Jesus returns to heaven. But it's saying that the issue was they didn't recognize who God was. They didn't recognize God's timing. Amen? So there's never be people who miss out on the fresh move of the Spirit because we're asleep. Wake up. Let's not be people who are, who are not ready for his return, like the foolish virgins. And let's not be people like some of the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders who missed out on Jesus the first time. Because again, they just didn't have their eyes opened. Amen? So this is our time. To bring this to a close. This is our time, and this is our moment as believers. There's a lot going on in our world. It's not, it's not a coincidence. We never need to fear it. We don't need to worry about it. We don't need to be anxious about it. We just need to have our spiritual eyes open. This is where the world is. The world is incredibly confused in lots of different ways. But we need to be, so we need to be spiritually aware of the times that we are living in. Amen? Amen? So that's the first point. Second point, we need to be fully awake in our walk with God. So I just want to challenge you as a pastor. I just want to challenge you. If, you, if you're not in a good place with your walk with God or it's not what it could be, I just encourage you to do something about it, to be intentional. Do, do something about it. Wake Wake up. Be aware of the times that we're in. Amen? Thirdly, let's be people who have our lamps full. And be full of the Holy Spirit. Be full, be full of God. Not be like those foolish virgins who, who missed out. Let's live ready. Have your lamp full. Be full of God. Amen? Fourthly, let's be people who are ready for God's Spirit to touch us in a fresh way. And to use us in a fresh way. Amen? You know, we're a Pentecostal church. We understand the equipping and, and, and empowering of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does. And there's things we can't do without the Holy Spirit. We're not called to do things in our, in our own strength. You see there with the disciples who we just read about Acts chapter 2 and, and, and what, um, Peter's great speech. That's all because of the Holy Spirit within him, right? It totally changed him. It radically changed him. He's a totally different person. 
One, because he spent time with Jesus, but also because of the Holy Spirit within them and working through him. And that was true of all the disciples. It radically changed their lives. Amen? Let's be ready for God to use as his light in the darkness. As you go out into our, into our workplaces or wherever you may find yourself during the week, to be a light in the darkness. In this world, it's getting darker and darker and darker for you to shine brighter, brighter, and brighter for him. Amen? Amen. And finally, you know, to kind of use the Noah's Ark analogy, it's time to get our friends and family into the ark before the door shuts. This should be a challenge to us. Amen? It should be a challenge. For our friends and our family and those who don't know God, you know, the ark door not talking about a natural ark anymore, okay? But but the ark door is going to shut one day. There's be people who are who are living right for Christ, telling others about Christ, talking to them about the times that we're in, just just being obedient to God in that, and just shining bright for Him. So let's be spiritually aware of the times we're in, fully awake in our walk with God, living with our lamp full. Be full of God, to be ready for God's spirit to touch us and use us in a fresh way, to be ready for God to use us as a light in the darkness, and it's time to get our friends and family into the ark before the door shuts. Amen. And if that doesn't, this stuff doesn't challenge you this morning, I don't really know what will. This is our time. This, this is our moment. Here we are in, in 2023. We know that God doesn't work in calendar, in calendar years, but these are the times that we're in. And as a, as a church, as, as believers, this is our opportunity to respond to that. And say, no, there is a different way. There is a different way to live. There is spiritual truth. And there's a world that's so confused about truth. You know, and a lot of people say there isn't no such thing as truth. There is no such thing as, no such thing as fundamental truth. You know, we live in a my truth generation, don't we? That becomes like the buzzword over the last few years. It's about my truth. Well, well, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, if, if 8 billion people on the planet have all got their own truths, all that does is create confusion, right? So someone's got to be true somewhere. Someone's wrong somewhere. And what Jesus was saying is this fundamental truth that kind of, you know, that underpins everything. And Jesus said, that's me. I am the way. In this world that's completely lost its way or trying to find different ways to God, I am the way. And I am the truth. And all this, this my truth generation this, and where, where people just want to do what they want to do or have their own perspective on things. Jesus like, no, no. I am the truth. Not a truth, the truth. And also, I am the life. If you want to find life in this, in this world, then I'm the only place you're going to find it. And you're not going to find it in drugs or sex or music or, or, or anything else. Or in confusion about identity or all those kind of other things or in sin. You're only going to find life in me. I've come that you may have life and, and life to the full. It's what the devil does. He goes around to seek and steal and kill and destroy. Is what Jesus said. But I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Or life to the full. It's the only place you're going to find life. And that's the hope for our world. Amen. In this world that's lost its way, has no idea what truth is. And is my truth generation. Doesn't know where to find life. That Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. This is true now as it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus said it. Amen. And that's the hope for our generation. Let's rise to our feet. God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you are so good. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Lord, help us to be a lot of body of people, Lord, who who just spiritually awake. Lord, we recognize, Lord, the time that we are in. Lord, thank you, you've put us here for a purpose. Lord, like, like Esther, Lord, we're here for such a time as this, Lord God. 
And thank you, Lord, for putting us in this church and for all that you desire to do through us, Lord, individually and together. Lord, we want to be spiritually aware of these times that we are living in. We don't want to fear anything, but open our eyes. Lord, help us to wake up. Lord, if we're kind of asleep in our Christianity, Lord, help us to wake up for you. Lord, to stop sleeping through the alarm. Lord, to wake up to all that you are, all that you desire to do in us and through us, Lord Jesus. Help us to be awake in our walk with you. Lord, help us to live with our lamp full, to be so, so full of you. Lord, just to live ready. Live ready for your return. We don't know when that is, and we're not trying to predict when that is, Lord, but we want to live ready. We want to be full of you. Lord, we want to be ready for your spirit to use us in, in a new and fresh way. Lord, in our lives as we reach out to others, whatever our ministries in church, and as we reach out to others and our friends and our family, Lord, use us, Lord, for your glory. Use us for your purpose, Lord, like you transformed the disciples, Lord. Transform us, Lord. Change our thinking, Lord. Change, change us, Lord, just like they, they did in Acts. Lord, may we just be so encouraged in the, in the boldness of, Lord, of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, is to stand up for you, to stand up for what we know is right, to stand up for what we know is truth. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just use us, Lord, to be a light in the darkness. Lord, just as Paul said, to shine like stars for you in this dark world. Use us, Lord, in, in our workplaces, in our family, our friends, our communities, our neighborhoods. Lord, maybe to shine for you. Lord, maybe, Lord, we show people, Lord, there is, a different, there is a different way. Lord, there is a different way to life. There's a different way of living, Lord God. Maybe shine so bright for you. Lord, may, Lord, people in our, in our workplaces, our communities, Lord, may our neighbors, Lord, may they see something that's just so different in us. Lord, may it just be so clear, Lord, that, Lord, that you're within us. Lord, may they see you in us, Lord God. We just want to be a light for you. We want to do you justice, Lord God. I want people to see you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, and, and Lord, and, and if the, Lord, it's a, to use that analogy, the ark door is going to shut. Lord, we, Lord, use us to reach our friends and family Lord, before that door shuts. Lord, give us boldness. Give us courage. Lord, give us the words to say. Lord, sometimes it can feel like we're... Lord, it can feel like we're not getting anywhere, Lord, but you know the keys, Lord, to reach people's hearts. And I pray you just give us wisdom in that. You will guide us in that. Lord, help us to say the right stuff, Lord, to pray the right stuff. Lord, and just bring breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for every person, Lord, who's, who's got unsafe friends and family, Lord, I pray that you will bring breakthrough. This will be a year of breakthrough, Lord, for unsafe spouses, Lord, sons, daughters, parents, aunties, uncles, cousins, neighbors, work colleagues. Wherever it may be, Lord, we pray that this year, 2023, will be the year of breakthrough. Lord, I pray you just break through, Lord, into, into their spirits, Lord, into their hearts. Lord, the light of your gospel, Lord, will start to dispel the darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. And just use us in that, Lord, to reach others. Praise you, Jesus. We just want to be aware of these times that we're in. Thank you, Lord, that we get the privilege, Lord, of, Lord, of reaching this generation together with you. Praise you, Jesus. Use us for your glory and your purposes. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.